Welcome to Lockhead on Marketing, where we're trying the world's first marketing pod storm. 30 days of strategies and ideas to help you create the future of your choosing. Hey ho, let's go. Thanks for pressing play. I sure hope you're enjoying the marketing pod storm. On this episode, let's take a look at a recent Harvard Business Review article written by Mark R. Kramer, who's a senior lecturer at Harvard. It's titled, The 10 Commitments Companies Must Make to Advance Racial Justice. These are very powerful ideas. I think ideas worthy of thinking and dialogue inside our companies. And um, I'm not saying that I agree with everything Mark says, but I do think it is a powerful set of topics that needs to get addressed by most companies. And in my humble opinion, as a side note, uh, the Harvard Business Review slash uh, HBR.org are musts for all business people. If you're a longtime listener, you know that I got thrown out of school at 18 and started my first company. And so I didn't have any education. And when I discovered the HBR, it was a life changer. And I've been reading it ever since. And I highly recommend you do the same thing. Now, Mark's list is fascinating. And you may be asking, well, hey, uh, I thought this was a marketing podcast. So why is this on a marketing podcast? Well, number one, it's timely. This is a discussion all of us in business, I think, need to be having. Number two, from a purely marketing perspective, marketing plays an important internal role. As a matter of fact, I say marketing plays a huge part of creating a culture. And just like it's hard to succeed in the marketplace when you go to market a shitty product, it's impossible to have legendary internal marketing and communications built on shitty policies. Additionally, we are living at a time of mass scrutiny. Your category, brand, and therefore ultimately your revenue will suffer if you're not viewed as being forward on your skis on topics of race, equality, diversity, and the fair treatment of your people. Now you can go to lockhead.com, L-O-C-H-H-E-A-D.com. Check out the show notes for this episode. And we have a link there to Mark R. Kramer's article for you to read. Now, my friends at Oracle NetSuite are the number one cloud business system. Check out netsuite.com slash different today. And my friends at Splunk want to help you turn data into doing. Visit splunk.com slash D, the number two, the letter E. All right, let's dig into Mark's list. Number one, commit to anti-racism personnel policies and racial equality training. And he advocates a no tolerance for a racism policy. And he, um, he cites the recent um, situation that happened. You probably heard of it. There was an African-American man named Christian Cooper in Central Park, in a part of Central Park for bird watchers. And he was bird watching. He has his binoculars on. He's out doing his thing. And apparently this part of Central Park is off limits to dogs who are um, not on leashes. And a woman who happened to be named Amy Cooper, no relation, who happened to be Caucasian, was there and her dog was off the leash. So Christian asked Amy to put her dog back on leash. And for some reason, things got escalated. And uh, Amy started to yell at him and threaten him with uh, calling the cops. So uh, Christian was filming all of this. He was lucky enough to have his phone with him and be able to record it. And um, she did indeed call the cops. And she claimed that a African-American man was threatening her and her dog. 
Well, of course, the police got there to find out none of that was true. And uh, Christian was not arrested. But here's the good news. Amy Cooper was a vice president at Franklin Templeton and her company fired her for doing it. And uh, he cites that as an example of having a no tolerance policy. Number two, commit to pay equity. And he cites studies that show that closing the racial pay gap in the United States would increase U.S. GDP by 14 percent or more than two trillion. So um, not only is it the fair and right thing to do, it's actually going to make a giant difference for the economy. Pay people equally. Number three, commit to giving employees a voice. Here, Mark writes about the fact that you want to ensure representation from across the company, hourly employees, various levels of management, women, people of color, in all employee decisions and key policies. He also says, interestingly, consider employee representation on your board. It's a legal requirement in Germany. And he points to some um, some research that suggests that that's one of the reasons Germany recovered more quickly from the Great Recession than the United States did. Number four, commit to supporting full participation in democracy. Mark essentially here is advocating making Election Day a paid day off. And I couldn't agree with him more. And you know what? I'm going to go a little further. I'm not a big fan of regulations and laws for no reason, for, sh- for sure. However, I think states should consider making it mandatory that election day is a day uh, off without pay. Or, frankly, if an employee wants to vote before election day, that they're allowed to get any day off in November. Um, they, they choose ahead of the election to vote one way or another. We have to make it easy for people to vote. And I agree with Mark wholeheartedly on that one. Number five, commit to lobbying for good. He says that at least 50% of your lobbying expenditures should be supporting bills that improve conditions for communities of color. Now, look, I think this is a cool idea. However, this is where he and I might differ. As critical as this issue is, and and it absolutely is critical, there are a lot of um, worthy causes uh, out there to help promote. So he says half should go to this issue. Maybe he's right. I think it's worth consideration. And I also think it's important to underscore there are a lot of issues uh, that need our help. Number six, commit to paying a living living wage. Well, fucking A, right. Um, he says the national minimum wage hasn't been raised in a decade and has not nearly kept up with inflation. And he points to research that, that underscores this. He also says that this disproportionately has a negative impact on black workers. And he points to research that shows that states that have risen minimum wages to $15 an hour have actually seen their economies grow. Further, he points out research that shows that companies that pay well, offer good benefits and treat their hourly employees with respect are actually more profitable. Walmart raised entry-level workers' wages to $12 an hour and saw productivity rise and turnover fall while generating an increase in corporate earnings. Number seven, commit to paid parental and sick leave. Mark here underscores the fact that most women of color cannot afford to take significant periods of unpaid leave from their jobs when they have a child. Let's make this right. Uh, number eight, commit to full health care coverage for all employees and, and this might be controversial, support national health care. 
Now, here's what he says. He cites research that shows that corporations spend twice as much providing employees with health care as they do in taxes. Let me say that again. It costs companies two times that what they pay in taxes to pay for health care. He argues that puts the United States businesses at a massive global competitive advantage. And he cites some research in that regard as well. And he argues that supporting national health care would actually reduce the burden on corporations and ensure those without coverage, many of them people of color, are covered. Now, look, I know this is a controversial topic for many, but here's what I know. Tying healthcare to employment is insane for both employers and employees. I know small entrepreneurs who've actually been driven out of business because their healthcare costs crush them. And I have known and do know many entrepreneurs, that is to say, people who would like to start a company, people who maybe would like to go solo, but they can't afford to or they're afraid to because they don't want to lose their health care. This is mental. In the United States, I believe it's time to decouple employment and health care. Number nine on Mark's list, commit to an employee emergency relief fund at low co- uh, or low-cost loan program. And here's what he says, and it's an absolute stunner. Nearly 40% of Americans, disproportionately amongst people of color, lack the savings to cover an even $400 emergency expense. Get this right. 40% of Americans can't handle a $400 emergency expense. And so that's why he's advocating an employee emergency relief fund. Number 10, commit to democratized employment applications. This is an interesting one. He's advocating eliminate the box for felony conviction on job application forms, which he says disproportionately excludes people of color. He goes on to say, eliminate testing for marijuana use uh, and other drug uh, use, if not required by law or the nature of the job. That one I agree with him on. And join the companies such as EY, Google, and Whole Foods who no longer require a college degree. So let's look at that. On the first one, that's going to be a controversial one too. And I'm not sure I agree with them. I want to know if I'm an employer, if the person I'm looking at employing is a convicted felon. However, and this is my opinion, I think most major corporations should consider hiring felons. Uh, We know that um, the number one cause in the United States of recidivism is actually an inability to put food on the table. And so, Uh, And we also know, if I remember the data right, that over 80%, I think is the number, it may even be higher than that, of people currently in jail in the United States are coming out of jail. And if we don't give them an opportunity to earn a living, guess where they're going? So if I'm running a company, I want to know you're a convicted felon, but I also want to have a program for examining how we can potentially support you and enable you. uh, Because the reality is, and I know this is going to sound crazy to some, And I'm a guy that believes in being hard on crime and hard on punishment. However, there are many felons who've paid their debt to society and are working really hard to be good people. And those kinds of folks need a chance. Eliminate uh, marijuana and drug testing? Absolutely. Do you test people for alcohol? No. So why do you test them for pot? And um, on a college degree, well, up until very recently, Google would never have hired me because I got thrown out of school at 18. 
there are many legendary people and many legendary entrepreneurial people who, for one reason or another, don't have a college degree. In my case, it was in part because I have dyslexia, dyscalculia, and a bunch of these other things that I lovingly put together and call dysfuckleo. All right. So that's Mark's list. I'm going to throw one of my own in, number 11. No more stock buybacks for public companies. In my opinion, a public company that does a stock buyback is telling the world, hey, we've run out of ideas. Because if you had ideas, you'd invest that cash instead of buying your stock into those ideas. In addition, you're saying something else when you do a stock buyback. You're saying, we would rather take our excess cash, buy our stock to prop up the price, which benefits primarily our executives and our investors instead of giving it to our people. And in my opinion, for both those reasons, stock buybacks are bullshit. All right. We would like to thank my good friends at Oracle NetSuite. America is ready to get back to work. But to be a powerful business in the future, you need every advantage and you need to be able to track every penny. And that's where my friends at NetSuite come in. They've recently created a fantastic new guide called Seven Key Actions Businesses Need to Take Now. Visit netsuite.com slash different to get your free guide and to set up a free product tour. And my friends at Splunk are the leaders in data to everything. They help you bring data to every question, every decision, and every action. And if the world ever needed more clarity about data to act on, uh, this is now the time. So visit my friends at Splunk at splunk.com slash D to E, as in data to everything. My good friends at Atranet have been building B2B websites in Silicon Valley for over 20 years. Turn your website into your best salesperson with A-T-R-E dot N-E-T. That's Atranet. The good folks at One Life Fully Lived, one of my favorite nonprofits, helping you dream, plan, and live your best life. I need to remind you that today's information is provided to you solely for informational purposes. And this podcast is a sole property of the Lockhead Oddcast Network. And we'd love it if you shared the shit out of it. We are produced and edited by living podcast legend Jason DeFilippo, Sarah Knox, and Jamie J. Take care of uh, technology execution and lockhead.com. Diane Gervasio writes our show notes. Candy Dandy keeps the trains running on time. And the thought I want to leave you with today comes from Maya Angelou, who said, prejudice is a burden that confuses the past, threatens the future, and renders the present inaccessible. Thank you so much for the gift of your time and attention. Please stay healthy, stay legendary, and until we're together again, follow your different. 